Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, I'm Steph. And I'm Simon. And welcome to The Food Fight where we offer a different perspective on food culture issues around Australia and the world. We'll talk with chefs, producers, business owners and experts to hear their stories and find out what makes them tick. This is a Small Bites episode, an opportunity for us to have a chat and have a bit of fun, and we'll also take some questions from the audience. Today we're talking about knives and about how to cook kangaroo. All right, welcome to the Food Fight Podcast. This is a Small Bites segment, 10 minutes worth of the finest uh, content. We're going to be talking about cooking tips. We're going to be talking about some of the stuff we use in the kitchen. Um, And for this Small Bites segment, me, Steph, hello. Uh, I'm going to be interviewing Simon and just asking him a few quick questions. Hurrah. Let's do it. Welcome. Um, Simon, tell me. Steph. I want to know about the knives that you use in the kitchen. Do you have a favorite knife that you use? Um, I'm, so you get some chefs who love knives and spend a lot of money and a lot of time on the knives. Yes. It's like um, a thing. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's like, I'm really into knives. Like, oh my God, look at that knife. Um, I'm not one of them. Mm-hmm. I tend to just have good, like good knives and I take care of them. Um, which is sort of more important than having this crazy custom made Japanese knife as much. Actually, I did use my friends on the other day and it was really nice to use mm. and that may have converted me a tiny bit. Yeah. Right. Um, I I use a kind of mix of of like globals. I tend to buy that they're, they're cheap. That they're, they're see a lot to, of chefs would go like, Ugh. oh yeah, I can't believe I, you I, just I, said global. I said, I said this one today, and they were like, Ugh. and I'm like, they do the job. Like I have like I have a fair, I have a few like I've just have the right knives that I need. I have like a, a good carving knife, good chef's knife, a boning knife, flexible boning knife, um, a long slicer, a you know a, a diamond steel. I uh, keep them all you know all straightened or sharp. They run, go, run through the steel multiple times a day. And that does a job for me. Yep. Okay. Uh, I I have a Japanese, a really nice Japanese knife yeah. that I bought when I was in Japan that I try to take good um, care of and use it. I think yeah, definitely. I think uh, have, you can have your one prize knife. I think it's the mm. people who have like this whole set and a, oh, yeah. and a you know little roll case and they yeah. take they they pack the knives away every time and like if anyone touches their knife they're like don't touch my fucking knife. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> we're very much not like that in here. And sometimes I forget that like someone else have a real nice knife and I'm just used to picking up anyone's knife in the kitchen and just using it. Yeah, right. And I'll pick up some I'll be like, "Oh, is this is this cool? Is this fine?" Yeah. And you, yeah, sometimes you get players. people are very particular about their yeah, knives. Yeah, yeah. I um for the for the listeners out there like I mean I think hopefully there's going to be some listeners out there who aren't chefs. So um I want to give them some tips and things like that that they can take with them. Mm. These are these are my couple of tips regarding knives. So, number one is 
actually invest in a, in if if you do anything, if you spend any money, invest some decent money into one good chef's knife. Yeah. So the you, you might buy you can buy a set of global knives that will have probably four knives in a set of eight that you never fucking use. Never. And you don't need a global fucking bread knife. Yeah, exactly. No so, one needs that. And there's only one type of bread knife you should get anyway. The Victorinox ones are the best. The ones with the wooden handle. Oh yeah, yeah. They're yeah. the best. Other knife brands are available. We're <laughs> <laughs> gonna have knife <laughs> arguments here. But invest invest money into one knife that feels really good in your hand, that feels balanced, and that you're gonna take care of, and that you're always gonna keep sharp because you're going to use that knife for ninety percent of the yeah. cutting that you do. Oh, I, like I cook a, I, I cook at home a, a bit, mm. um, but I literally have like three shitty knives and one massive chef knife I used to use here and I took home. Mm. Um, but I just keep them sharp. Yeah. And that does all the jobs. That's the I other need. thing. It's yeah. keeping them sharp. And if yeah. you can't sharpen them shelves and if you don't have stones and things like that, basically all kitchen shops around have knife sharpening services. Le- the best thing is learn to use a steel. Learn to use a steel. Like literally, the, that's the one thing I find is that you go to someone's house and like, oh, I bought these knives a year ago and they're just really blunt now. And it, you just need to learn how to run your knife up and down steel. I'm sure there's YouTube tutorials sure how to do it. There's plenty of them. That's what you need. Knife sharpeners suck because they actually take a little like part of your knife off. Yep. So you see people who just always run them through and their knife is actually getting worn down every year. Yeah. Whereas, Instead of using a steel. Yeah, steel just straightens it up and you'll run it through for like 30 seconds and you'll feel different straight away. Straight away. That's the biggest tip I'd give to people at home. Huge tip. So invest some decent money into one really good knife. Yeah. And, and when, you, when you do that... I, I actually would recommend going to a shop to buy one. Like, don't buy a, ni- a nice knife online because everyone's hands are a bit different maybe. Yeah. And, 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 and some people like... Like, I actually really like the... I really like Santoku knives. I really like the shape of them. I just feel like they've, they're have they nicely balanced and, yeah, and, and I cut well with them. Sometimes heavier knives, people prefer sometimes lighter knives. Yeah. Like, I prefer a sort of lighter Japanese style. Um, and they're... Yeah. Like, it, it is good to see what kind of feels right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know. Yeah, and so here's my other tip, right? And this goes against a lot of um, a lot of what what we've just said essentially. But if you don't want to spend good money on a knife, if you don't know about kiwi knives, number one, like they're out there and they're fucking awesome. I use kiwi knives all the time because I've got at my house. I've, I live in a share house and I've got a couple of housemates, and we've got a knife lock that has communal knives and then I put my nice knives away because mm. I don't actually want other people to use them because they're um, Neanderthals and they will <laughs> ruin my knives. Uh, but Kiwi knives, are all like every single knife in the Kiwi range is less than $10 available at every single Asian grocery in Australia. So cheap. They're so cheap and they're so good. They're, and they're, yeah, they, you have to keep buying new ones quite often. Is the Here's the hack. It. Here comes right. the hack. Okay. So... One of the this things that people say. One of the people that one one of the things that people say is buy buy a kiwi knife and when when it's dull, chuck it away and get a new one. Which yeah, sure you can spend eight bucks on a new kiwi knife every every couple of months. That's fine, but if you're just using it at home, one thing that I use um, is you can get the fucking those shit knife sharpeners. Mm. Like I've got this scan pan little sharpener. They, I think they call it like a mouse sharpener or something like that. It's got two grades. It's got like one coarse and one like honing sort of grade. And they're the shit ones that you're not supposed to use. Yeah, yeah. But I get my Kiwi knife every now and then and run it like 10 times through the coarse, 10 times through the fine. And it's 
pretty fucking sharp. Like it'll 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 smash straight through a very ripe tomato with absolutely no no fuss. And, and that, is, that is a test of a knife. I've got yeah, well, <laughs> it I've, really is. exactly. And I I've got kiwi knives that I've had for years. Just they look like absolute dog shit and and whatever. But like I'm, you know, I, there's nothing I hate more than using a dull knife. Yeah, yeah. And these things are fine for me. Yeah. I cut with them just fine. So well, that's interesting. Yeah, kiwi knives and I guess you're spending like thing, yeah, spending eight bucks. You don't mind running it through a sharpener. Yeah. You can treat it like shit. You run it through a sharpener. Yeah. I haven't. I don't even put. I don't even bother with the steel. I should probably like be even better if I put a steel on them as well. Yeah. So you like and you know in this throwaway culture that we live in, Simon, um, we don't want to be buying new knives every two months. No, so no. you know, it's a good hack. A lot, yeah. a lot of uh, be surprised amount of chefs who have a, a whole set of kiwis. Oh, and, definitely, and, and swear by them. They're cool shapes too. Like some of the the cleavers and the bigger oh, the bigger dust, style yeah, knives and things the like that. Cleavers I have are, are kiwi ones. Yeah, exactly. Just I'm just battering stuff with them. Yeah, 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 yeah no, they're bones. good. And um, the other the other the other knife that I, w- I want to give a shout out to are the the little uh, red red handled. They're not always red handled, but the little Victorinox ones that that, they, that they you buy, all the, colors. Blue, uh, all colors now, black. Yeah, at the at the at the at the at the cook shops, they're just they're small, um, and that when you buy them, they come incredibly sharp. Yeah, and, and like ten bucks, and they're so versatile. Yeah, they're really useful just for slicing things. The yeah. same thing if you run them up and down a steel a couple of times, they they come back to life. Yeah, you can yeah for chopping fruit. Yeah, that's vegetables. it. They use them at cocktail bars. All that's all yeah, that. Yeah. That's a cocktail cocktail bartender's uh, yeah, tool favorite of tool of choice. Yeah. yeah, but um, if I was to if I if I was to ever have just two, like it would be one one nice knife and yeah. one of those small Victorian ox knives. And one kiwi. Pretty much. That, that's two. your three set. I, I I reckon if I had those two, I could live. But uh, I'd throw a kiwi in the mix there too if I was allowed three. Yeah, I, I can. You only need three knives. Yeah, I, I need a filleting knife. I need a good fish knife. Yeah, but again, but like, that's if, pretty if, specialized. If, yeah, if you're you know, taking bits of meat apart or taking fish apart, then a more specialized knife for sure. Most people aren't doing that at home. Yeah, it's a good thing to learn how to do though, if oh, you can. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty easy. I watched a uh, hour-long um, YouTube video of a guy butchering a half a half cow, a half uh, oh. <laughs> a side of beef, which was fascinating. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I don't know how to do it. Can we, you do it? Uh, I've seen, like, I've helped do it. Yeah. We used to buy whole cows here, and um, we go down to to Gerhards at Shotlanders. Yep. Uh, with with Pete the butcher, mm-hmm. Pete, Pete the meat, as we uh, knew him in the end. <laughs> I'm not sure anyone else calls him that. Um, and yeah, you just like just smash this half cow, just wow. be like fucking ripping it, but like a little bit haphazard at times and we'd be like well that's a little bit of the fillet up there left in and you're like please don't leave that little bit of fillet there Pete that'd be nice if that was on the end of, of, of the rest of it <laughs> um, yeah but same thing like it's and once, once, once you can butcher one animal they're all quite similar yeah they're apart all, from fish well yeah yeah <laughs> but if you do one fish then one fish from the sea they're all quite similar yeah yeah, yeah I suppose yeah yeah no it's true I you know, I, I I filleted my first flounder last year, yeah, which right. was a bit of a different experience. Yeah, but yeah. as you as you say, you once you um, get the technique down, um, yeah. you know it's it's just about following just, what you already know. Yeah, it's, you know, it's always just find the spine, go down that, and yeah. then try and use the ribs as a guide. Even with flatfish, roundfish, yeah. um, you know, even with fucking massive tuna and swordfish things like that, it's basically the same. Mm. Like I butchered a whole kangaroo last year, mm. which I've never done before, but have butchered whole pigs and lambs and. You know, seen half a cow been done and helped out with that, and it was just like, okay, so that's gonna, that's where that's going to be, that's where it's going to be. I'll follow that round. Okay, cool, that came off like that. Um, 
even when the leg had like 13 different subprimal cuts that I took off it. Bloody kangaroos. Mm. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. What are you guys, what's, what's the cut you guys are getting? Oh, was it a kangaroo cut you're getting or, or an emu cut that we were talking about recently? You're getting this interesting emu cut that you were using for one of uh, your dishes. The emu is quite interesting because we when we first started getting it, and it's still quite hard to find this information about some of these native animals, um, we sort of assumed it was the breast to start with. Yeah. It almost has like a chicken breast feel. And then once we actually asked, it was part of the leg. But there's like three different cuts to their leg. And then when we sort of tried to actually picture what an emu is, it's like it's all leg and feathers. <laughs> like there's literally and, and a neck. Like there's like nothing else to it. It's not it's not really like a it's just not like a chicken where it's kind of, you know, all breast meat. It's just all leg and the leg is super lean because obviously they're fast as fuck. Yeah. Um yeah, so we're getting there was like yeah, three different cuts, but we can't quite specifically order which one we want most of the time. Yep. So it's like, give us some emu and it just comes as a big old shit fight of, okay, well, I'll cook this that way. Obviously now we've got some experience on it. So that's better at that temperature. That's better at that temperature. That's better to cut it this way, to cut it this way. Mm. Um, yes, it was just a shit fight of using native Australian ingredients sometimes. Interesting though. Interesting thing to learn. And I guess that's the type of knowledge that, um, you know, we need to be spread more broadly is yeah, for, like in order for more restaurants to be able to serve these types of ingredients and for more you know clientele to be able to recognize them and and not be scared away by the thought of eating emu or whatever it is which is still part of our culture um, yeah it's just that knowledge base that needs to continue to grow which yeah is. exactly that's why we got a whole kangaroo in last year it was just so we could we could see what cuts were available and what bits we could use so even the things that we still can't quite get but the, the kind of the neck, like the top end of the kangaroo was, was a really good brazing cut. Um, mm. There's like a whole you know, kind of section of the rump as well. Um, and even things like, you know, we took, took the racks and like Frenched them um, like you would a rack of lamb. Mm. So like there's lots of kind of interesting things we learned from doing that that will hopefully help us down the road and then obviously have maybe some other people and maybe butchers we can talk to about how we want things cut and things like that. Mm. Do you, were you sous-veding a lot of the kangaroo that you use? Um, I still hate cooking kangaroo. Really? Yeah. Why? I, like, it just, it's, the meat's so lean, um, and there's just so little places for moisture to stay. Mm. So, I've tried lots of ways, and it's not like I can't cook kangaroo. I bloody cook kangaroo, mate. Yeah, okay. You know? Well, I, I beg to differ. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine. So, you... you and you can you can brine, you can salt, you can do these things, you can sous vide, you can roast. I just find that to stop the the meat bleeding, which is not blood, I will stress, but for lack of a better word, bleeding out, um, you have to rest it for such a long time that it then basically becomes cold and quite tough anyway because it's cold meat. Yeah. So then like normally restaurant kind of you would you'd have your meat, you'd rest it. And then you'd give it a little flash in your pan or in the oven or on your, on your, over your coals, just give that last little bit of heat because you've rested it for you know, sort of, you know, five, 10 minutes to really let it kind of pull all that moisture back into itself. With kangaroo, you rest it, let it chill, flash it back onto the pan and it just starts bleeding out again yeah, like, right. straight away. So it, it more from a, a, a plating point of view then is there's nothing worse than a piece of meat with this you know, pink juice yeah. seeping from it, ruining, yeah, right. ruining my jus. And you've... Um yeah, and you've tried like all the, you know, a bunch of different methods of brining yeah, and the, salting. Yeah, the, I, I, I think the best application for kangaroo is is eating it raw 
always like yeah. Tartacho. So talk to me about eating it raw. Like, have you have you put that on the on the yeah, menu? You're starting to see a lot of kangaroo tartar on. Probably the the the, the most popular way you see kangaroo on menus yeah. now. Like, I had it six penny. Um, we've been doing it for quite a while. Yep. Um, but we have it on the moment. Um, so it's just a bit of bit of the fillet, just diced up like tartare, and we just put some pickled mustard seeds, um, some soy sauce in there as well, and just season it up. And it's just it's just because it's so lean. Um, you are just eating pure meat, so it's it's just a really nice kind of fresh uh, experience. Whereas beef has a bit more fat in, and that can when it's raw, it hasn't broken down. That can kind of get in your teeth, and it can be a bit sinewy, mm. and you can end up like with two bits kind of still connected by a bit of a bit of connective tissue. Mm. Whereas kangaroos are so lean, it's really is perfect um, for like tartare. And is it is it at all chewy? No, no, it's it, it's no, it's so because it, it like I said, it's so lean, it's all protein. It's just yeah, yeah, and it just and long, long as you dice it up, yeah, nice fairly texture. finely. It's yeah. just a really nice texture. And you, you, you are seeing that across menus Yeah, um, in Australia now. That's great. I want to give more, it a crack, more, eh? yeah, more so than cooked. Yeah. Which I think, you know... Maybe people are cottoning on to the exact same issues yeah, that yeah, you yeah, are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other thing we've done a lot is, is, to, is to sear uh, really high heat, rolling cling film, and then chill. And then you kind of, you let it rest in that cling film and it takes all the moisture back in. Then if you slice it thinly with a sharp knife or on a meat slicer, you get really nice kind of carpaccio pieces and that's got real nice texture and you still get some of that kind of caramelization yeah awesome you get mm. a little sear on the outside yeah, yeah. so that's i think they're, they're probably the best uses of a kangaroo cool but i'll keep you updated keep us updated yeah, yeah the I've, experiments I've actually, continue yeah, i actually haven't put them on the menu for quite a while okay because i don't like it but we also we've had like magpie goose and emu and other things like that to scare people off so mm. we'll have to do it with a kangaroo dish soon yeah cool all right let's leave it there yeah, cool. thanks for joining us bye catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.